What's up, everybody? This is Grant from Cause Artist. Today, we're chatting with a good friend of mine, uh, Stephen Garten, the founder and CEO of Charity Charge. Um, if some of you, some of you might know, um, who know me pretty well, that I've kind of worked with with Charity Charge as sort of a business partner for for a few years now, and it's it's been a, a joy and a wild ride. <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to. Stephen came to Kansas City. We just decided to, to do this podcast. We, I mean, we were sitting there just having a beer anyway. We're just like, let's let's just go ahead and record this. So it's a really far-reaching conversation about sort of doing good every day and trying to use our credit cards wisely. And for those who who don't really know about reward points or, or maybe um, know about them, use them, but maybe don't use them professionally, right? As like a a, a points and stuff like that maybe you just use them sparingly and, and what charity charge really does is, is help us give back every day so for buying groceries or coffee and daily purchases right lunch whatever it may be um, you can give back to any nonprofit that you want we just released a nonprofit business credit card um, which is really interesting that is for nonprofits to use as their business card for their expenses. And we'll go into a lot of that of, of how, you know, banks and credit card companies really don't cater at all to nonprofits and uh, and, and what Stephen is trying to do and, and what he built to, to really, you know, cater to nonprofits and really give them a product that, that never existed before. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you have any questions, as always, just reach out, grant at causeartist.com. If you have any questions or whatever it may be that you want to swing my way, always open to making things better or anybody else that you want to hear on here. I'm always open to requests, always open to, uh, you know, having amazing people on from, from around the world. So I um, hope everybody's doing well. Have a great day and have a great week. So how I like to start everything off is with uh, sort of people's journey and specifically with yours was a light bulb moment, right? The moment when you're sort of going to redeem your points and you kind of get very frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. This should be a better way to do this. That was probably, what, 2015, you think? No, that was, boy, if the truth, if the, if the real calendar truth is going to come out, that would have been... December of 2000, 2011 or 2012. Wow. Okay. I believe. Yeah, it, see, I didn't know this. But I believe it was 2011. So. Okay. Yeah, because you know what? I think we officially incorporated Charity Charge, or well, as Austin Card Inc. And it's their original kind of legal entity status in 2012, I think is what the legal documents will show. So it would have been 2011 of December. Okay. And, and that was... You go to your computer, you redeem, you're trying to redeem your points for like just a regular credit card that you had, right? And then the frustration was... Yeah, I mean, look, I, I had, um, <clears throat> I remember that I was, at that time, I was really proud of myself because I had moved to Austin, I didn't know anyone there, had um, really banged on like every door, it was kind of coming out of the recession. Mm. Um, and I had no formal connection. I mean, so many people that are getting jobs, if they're 21, 22, 23, you know, right, kind of out of college, yeah. it's like, oh, you're a University of Texas graduate. Everyone here is UT or I'm the owner of this business. I'm right. UT, you know, go Longhorns, all that. So it was like really tough to break into the kind of the job market in Austin coming out of the recession and not being a local, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. Um, I really came up against that. And that's a whole different story of like all the doors, you know, I knocked on all the networking, 
that I did to just try to get established and meet people. But at any rate, um, kind of fast forward after working for the Austin Technology Incubator, where I you know, originally worked for them for three months for free as an unpaid intern just to get my foot in the door. I was doing that. I was doing some other freelance work um, and starting to make like a reasonable salary, honestly, mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, wow, this is like cool. Like I've started to do it. And I really wanted to get like my finances in order um, and try to figure out like how do I get maximize like these dollars, yep. you know, and everything. Just, and um, prior to that point, I had had a Bank of America, just standard like cashback card that I signed up with in college. Mm-hmm. Um, no surprise, WashU let them market on campus right. to me. You know, I fortunately, you know, managed that responsibly. But at any rate, just trying to take the next step in my personal finances, I started asking around a friend of mine that that it had a lot of experience just in um, the stock market and things yeah, like that, yeah. just I leaned into. Anyway, and he recommended this American Express card. And I thought, all right, well, this is the next step as like a young yep. professional, like to start building credit, like to start getting better rewards. Like it seems like this American Express card will give me better benefits than this Bank of America card. I'll get access to more credit. It'll mm-hmm. improve my credit score, all those things. So I signed up for this American Express card and had been using it throughout the whole year. And anytime I logged in, it would show me like the amount of points and cash back and stuff that I earned, but I hadn't really, as I recollect, like redeemed any of it yet. I was just letting it accrue, accrue, accrue. Mm -hmm. And so now it was like, you know, end of December, end of year. And it was kind of like, I was kind of like getting my taxes to get, it was just kind of trying to be like a young organized professional, like 23 or whatever, you know, trying to get my life in order and seem like an adult. And I thought, well, okay, well, it's end of the year. I've got all these points and stuff racked up and I'll log into Amex. And I originally, I do think I did. I mean, as I tell the quick elevator pitch, I was looking for like travel and stuff and I realized like it was just so confusing and there were blackout dates for the trips I wanted. And then I'm like, all right, well, I can't get the trip. All right, well, let's just see what's next. And I was just scrolling through and legitimately, I mean, I spent like 45, 50 minutes painstakingly like trying to pick out like, all right, I got these points. I got to use them. Like, do I want this toaster (laughs) oven? I'm like, there's a pair of binoculars. My mom had just bought me like a new suitcase. So I'm like, well, I don't need the new Toomey like luggage, you know? And then I like toggle over the gift cards. I'm like... I'll go and get I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, look, no disrespect to Red Lobster and all, but I'm like, uh, you know, I don't need the Red Lobster gift card. <laughs> so I finally logged off and I'm like, this is just bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I purposely thought I was like going out of my way to improve my financial well-being and like just try to, again, being a young professional, candidly, not making that much money, but right. starting to have kind of my first like job and stuff where I, where I had some dollars in the door and all. And the very next thing I did immediately, I just happened to toggle over to my email. I'm sure I had a million tabs open, as you know. <laughs> and it was on my Gmail. Tab king. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I did not close out of the Amex tab. I'm sure, right, right, right. <laughs> and at the top of my inbox was a note from a nonprofit in Austin, Hill Country Conservancy. Okay. Um, they, smartly so, what a lot of nonprofits do, and they were smart to do this, you know, at this point, you know, however many years ago. Yeah. They had something called Epic, which was emerging professionals in conservation. It was kind of like a, young, a way to engage gotcha. young, you know, 20, 30-somethings in Austin, get them involved. And as part of that that membership model, I think the donation was maybe 25, 30 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You got access to all these cool like events that they would do in Austin and things. And it was, it was great. I met a lot of good people. And mm-hmm. so that was just on the philanthropic side, like a cool thing for me to be able to be giving back. It was reoccurring. And it helped me meet a lot of neat people that had a similar passion for the environment mm-hmm. and um, conservancy and things of that sort. But getting that email from them asking f- to help them, like, hey, right. we're doing this. Steven, thanks for your support, being a part of Epic. It's the end of the year. We're doing an end of year fundraising drive. 
Um, and then just a moment ago, you know, one tab to the right, mm-hmm. I was pissed off at Amex and I wasn't going to use these points to yeah. cash back. Um, it made me think, geez, why not? What if there was a way that every time I swipe my card, I could give back to them? And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to dominate the interview and go in, in ways you don't want to go. But, you know, I was very much on a pattern, though. I was trying to create, come up with an idea. I mean, I really, sure. I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to do something entrepreneurially. So like the preceding months up to that point, I was very much in like idea search mode, mm-hmm. um, which I can go to in all of that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think my mind was racing for like, what's a good idea or what's something that's compelling. And, and that, that really, was the moment of, and that of stuck clarity, with you, right? I guess. That stuck with you a little bit as like, this is, this is interesting. This is something that kind of does. I think it, I think people think it exists, right? Like, oh, I can donate my cash back and stuff like that. And then when you ask them, oh, well then who you do to? Oh, I don't, I didn't set it up, right? It's like, it's capable, but people don't set it up. And then also you're limited in who you can give back, right? With these traditional sort of credit cards, it might be only five nonprofits you can choose from that are already, you know, have millions and millions of dollars in in fundraising. You know, it's these smaller groups that are kind of really, you know, need this automatic cash back. That's why when I first read about Charity Charge, we got introed. I was like, this is really interesting because it involves every nonprofit, right? I was like, that was the interesting part about it. And it was automated, it's automatic. So I was like, in our society, it's automation, it's ease of use. You don't have to change your lifestyle at all. I can pick whatever nonprofit I want. It goes to it, buy coffee, buy groceries. It's very simplified. Right, there's no logging in. I have to redeem anything. You know, it's that. That was why I was drawn to it. So going back to when, so now the idea is kind of percolating a little bit, right? What was the next few months like? Trying to navigate how is this possible, right? Because creating a credit card, just any credit card, right, in general, is a very difficult process. <laughs> but creating one that's kind of geared toward nonprofits, charitable giving, that's a whole different level, right? Because banks will probably gloss over that. So walk us through the process of actually getting the company started. Sure. Well, and I think just in there, what you just asked about, the reality is, is I'm more concretely like reflecting back and it's it's interesting. I'll have a lot of like old notes and photos and kind of old like visual Mm mock-ups and concepts and stuff. But the original concept for it very much, well, let me take a step back. To your point or your question, what I realized pretty quickly is I thought that this must have been done. Right. You know? Totally. And I immediately, I mean, I must have just gotten on Google and like started searching for like, you know, nonprofit credit cards, charity credit cards. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, I think I've seen this before, you know? Right. And one of the things that was really helpful to make this successful or or just kind of gear me up was when I was working... Uh, you know, my most recent role was at the university at the time was at the University of Texas mm-hmm. with their Austin Technology Incubator. And mm-hmm. We'd have all these startup companies, tech companies from the Austin area, Central Texas, apply to get in. And a lot of time, I mean, I was no expert in, so you know, solar, you know, rooftop technology mm-hmm. or electric vehicles. Or um, I remember we, had, you know, we had a company that was trying to do like use minerals to purify water at wastewater treatment plant, you know, so a lot of that job, you know, to, to vet these companies, I was doing a lot of my own independent 
research, mm-hmm. you know, both just, you know, kind of, well, I should say third party, like trying to read whatever I could, yeah. learn, et cetera. And then also calling on experts in the industry to say mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm with the University of Texas, Austin Technology Incubator. You know, I saw you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I understand that you mm-hmm. have a PhD in, you know, wastewater treatment, like blah, 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 blah. Like, can we chat? You know, and so anyway, I first just, I kind of took those skills immediately and I said, okay, I found, you know, I started Googling around and I found that Bank of America had a program with Texas Access, which is the University of Texas Alumni Association. Gotcha. So I started looking at that. Then I saw that Susan G. Komen had a partnership with Bank of America as well. Mm-hmm. I saw that, uh, I think at the time, World Wildlife Foundation yep. had a partnership with Bank of America. And what I, what I started to realize is like, okay, this, this concept exists. And then I obviously I saw like South, you know, I'm like, shit, Southwest Airlines has a credit card and mm-hmm. United Airlines mm-hmm. has a credit mm-hmm. card. And I know that I was just at J. Crew. I know that J. Crew has a credit <laughs> card. They, you know, they tried to get me to sign up. So I'm like, all right, well, this, this model exists. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it exists. Like, I don't know how these partnerships are formed. Right. I don't know, you know, all of that, but I, but I'm like, there's something here. Like right. we can, we can, we can work with this. I'm not trying to just create something completely from scratch. That's one of the, my biggest takeaways about my entrepreneurial journey is that at the end of the day, it, there's really not that much true innovation. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I mean, you look at all these companies and products, they're built upon the foundations of other companies. Of others, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like really rare that that someone just comes up with this completely new industry category. Like it can happen and stuff, but but in a positive way. I mean, I say it for like any entrepreneur that wants to do anything, you can, you know, uh, success leaves clues, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, what's the other, you know, a lot of other people say, you know, my success came from standing on the shoulders of other giants. Right. So I just really... To me, that's like an empowering thing. So, sure. like any idea, concept you want to do, right. it, the 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 nuance of how you're trying to do it. I mean, if you're going to be successful, it's got to you know provide value to a market that wants it and be <laughs> and, you know and be unique and all those things. But but very much so, you can find other people that you know have have done something similar that you can learn from or look at other models that are tangentially related. Yep. So I thought, you know, shit, you know, if people are using a Southwest card and earning Southwest points, or using a card and earning you know, at Nordstrom's and getting Nordstrom's yep. points or yep. using this, uh, you know, Texas Access cards and a little piece of the actions going back to the Alumni Association, well, then certainly we got to be able to make a card that can do it to these local nonprofits. Right. And that was really the gap to your point. It's just like, you know, I would say the original incarnation of Charity Charge was really involved no tech at all mm. because what I tried to do, which... was just wrong candidly sure but i didn't really know any better was i originally thought that every group should have their own branded card okay and well and it wasn't that i thought that every nonprofit should i thought like why not it just seemed it just seemed crazy to me that you know why do these top national groups have it, but these local groups, because, you know, for me, I was giving money locally to Hill Country Conservancy. I wanted Mm -hmm. to help Austin, you know, environmental beautification, preservation efforts, because I loved being outside. I loved walking on the trail. I loved Mm -hmm. swimming at Barton Springs. Like, these things were important to me, you know? And I'm like, I'm not, not that it's not a worthy cause in its own right, but... I would like the idea to give back through the credit card. I'm not going to use these credit card points, but 
why should I have to sign up for what Bank of America is telling me I should care about? Right. Like they only have right. like three or four, you know, right. credit cards, you know, World Wildlife Fund, a Susan G. Komen, right. um, a Texas X's, whatever. I just thought like it, it should exist, you know, and I think what what pained me as I started to learn more and more about the model is really the harsh and cutthroat realities of how banks look at these credit card models. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the reason that Bank of America has a credit card with Susan G. Komen is Bank of America wants to have more Bank of America credit card customers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm using Bank of America as an example, but this applies to most banks. They fundamentally have two sides of their, especially on the consumer side, two sides of their consumer credit card portfolio. They're going to have what are called house branded cards. Those are going to be Bank of America branded card where you're generally speaking earning generic things like cash back with that card or points towards some sort of like generic points gift card Mm -hmm. catalog that Bank of America is going to have. And then the other side are are co-brand credit cards. Um, And... You know, some of the statistics probably have changed, but, you know, as recent as I looked at it, in generally speaking, in the U.S. credit card consumer market, approximately 45% of all credit cards are house brand cards and 55% are co-brand cards. Hmm. So, again, we've probably seen a Bank of America, you know, generic Bank of America yep. card, cashback card, walk in any branch. Or you'll see it, you know, again, you'll see in the branch or they're sponsoring the Super Bowl or yep. they, they do it through affiliates. They're going to do their own marketing to get people to sign up for that Bank of America branded card. Well, in an ever, you know, growing arms race to grow credit card, um, credit card business, these banks will also do the next, which is co-brands. So Bank of America will will look at a Susan G. Komen, a huge national nonprofit, probably international, quite frankly, at this point. Yeah. But and and they'll look at them and they'll say, hey, you know, how many people do you have on your in your donor database? And and I don't know. I'm just using it as an example here. Sure. But Susan G. Komen, like, well, look, we you know we've been around for three four decades. We've got 35 million names and addresses. Of those 35 million names and addresses, you know, we also have age, we have income, you know, we have other things. We have history of donations. I mean, it is it is really I used to say it's like a dark, dirty world, but it just is. Like when when you think of like nonprofits, it's a juggernaut of an industry. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's four hundred billion dollars, and especially these top nonprofits, they're run like Fortune five hundred companies and they are very smart they are very efficient um, with their data with their analytics yep. with their CRM all that stuff anyway so Bank of America goes you know their their business development team is licking their chops they're going holy shit mm-hmm. if we slap a Susan G. Komen logo on this bank on a, on a Bank of America plastic and you know and then we we cut some sort of revenue stream to Susan G. Komen we're gonna be able to market a credit card to you know 35 million 30 million people boy yep now, when you scale it down, you, you know, if you're listening, we're coming up, you know, for example, to Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is something that I know is, you know, important to you, that they will, uh, you know, no doubt you have all these local organizations yeah. that are doing incredible work in your communities, wherever you are listening to this. Yeah. Well, guess what? Bank of America doesn't give a shit about working with your local nonprofit in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And. I say that I'm standing on my soapbox, but the real reality of it is it's a tremendous amount of work yep. for a bank to part for both sides to partner with a nonprofit. And candidly, I be, would tell any nonprofit out here, which is where I think our model fits in really well is 
it's also oftentimes not worth the nonprofit's time if yeah. they were so small anyway. Sure. So again, a lot of me being on the soapbox and slamming big banks will come out in this. In this but <laughs> it's just kind of naturally where I lean. But uh, but anyway, I just I I think that that understanding that kind of pissed me off because I thought this isn't right. You know, it's not right that a bank should tell you. You know, these again, these banks are only trying to partner with the biggest of the big nonprofits. So mm-hmm. it's effectively like them saying to you, as the as the individual, the donor, um, you should care about these one, two, three, four, five groups because they're the only because they are the only they were the only ones that were big enough that we cared about partnering right. with to make money on, on the backs right. of it. I mean, right. again, that's why they're doing of course. it. There's no other reason. <laughs> now, when you see, oftentimes. You know, a, a, a bank just giving unsolicited dollars to a nonprofit, that's one thing. And, there, and there's a lot of deceit and evilness in that as well. Um, but there's also a lot of good and yeah. great. I mean, yeah. so let's, let's do that. Yep. But, you know, if Bank of America really gave a shit, they should just be giving cash to Susan G. Komen. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? Why do they need to pour out their donor list to, to sign them up for accounts? <laughs> Let's be honest. Same thing. Like if Bank of America or, or if Chase really cared about Southwest, why not just cut Southwest a check? Yeah. They're not. That's business. They want to acquire yeah. accounts. They want to grow their loyalty that, program. Yeah. That, that makes a difference that. though. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that travel stuff is different than... And there, there's on either side. I'm, I'm being... I'm joking around a little bit. Yeah. Here. Yeah. You know, please. Please don't take this too seriously. Anyway. But when you But when you look at... When you looked at that landscape and you said, wow, there's, you know, maybe three or four big nonprofits sort of benefiting from mm-hmm. cash back from card users. Well, there's what, two million nonprofits in America? So a lot of those people are left out of the statistic that when I first found out about Charity Charge, I thought was amazing is that what, $16 billion a year of worth of reward points never get used. So imagine if we can divvy that money up even if it's 10,000 nonprofits, right? $16 billion going back to local causes. I mean, it makes a huge difference, right? I mean, you can hire another employee, right? Or hire your first employee, or maybe hire two part-time people, right? Or pay your volunteer or something, right? So that's what drew me in, is that there's actually already this bucket of money, <laughs> you know, sitting there because individuals, I think it was about 30%, maybe don't use their... 31%. 31%. No, I, look, and I think I appreciate where you're going with this too, because let's talk about some other um, unbelievable, just uh, a reality of the, yeah, of the U.S. Sure. credit card industry, okay? Whichever way you want to look at it. A lot of times, again, I want to get on my soapbox, but it's just, sometimes things just are, right? Mm-hmm. 31% of consumers in the United States do not redeem their credit card rewards, that totals over $16 billion in credit card breakage. Guess what? Generally speaking, banks banks love that. They want breakage. So what does breakage mean? Breakage means you sign up for a credit card that is going to earn points or cash back. And generally speaking, you as the consumer have to perform an action to receive or Mm. turn those points into something for yourself. Whether you're gonna claim those points for a flight, you're gonna claim those points for you know, a Nordstrom's purchase, you're gonna claim those points for a gift card, whatever, you know, there's a variety of credit cards that have a variety of different reward structures. Um, oftentimes to get cash back, you've got to go in and claim it. There are moves too, I mean, anyone listening also, look, there are plenty of cards that do have automatic cash back and things of that yep. sort. So let's not, let's not forget sure. that. But reality is 31% of consumers in the United States do not redeem their credit card reward points. So banks love that because naturally, 
it's kind of like insurance in a sense. I mean, you were talking mm. about this yesterday. Like, it, not really, but I just I hadn't <laughs> gone here exactly. But you think about it, it's like you're using this product, you're using this card, you're accumulating all this like value. And if 31% of people that are using that credit card don't claim that value, guess what? It flows back to the, the banks. Bank, yeah. It's called breakage. And if you look at, I may be able to find like a screenshot, a basic one. Okay. You know, any bank, we were talking about this, not to name names, we were talking about this yesterday with some people who were up in um, Kansas City talking with... Um, you know, banks on the back end, they got to make money. They're for profits, meaning yeah. they have to maximize profits for shareholders. So when a bank puts together, whether it's, again, a house-branded card or a co-branded card, they have a, a profitability uh, formula and matrix and a bunch of different things. They have a lot of cost centers, whether it's marketing, yep. the plastics of the card, it's um, charge-offs, it's customer service staffing up, it's the mailers of the envelopes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of costs, yeah. a lot tremendous costs to staffing, operating, and then marketing of a credit card program. Anyway, so they absolutely, as part of that credit card profitability equation, they they know that anytime that they put a credit card program into the market, that there will be breakage, mm -hmm. which again oh, yeah. further goes right. to drive the profitability of the credit card program. Kind of so, like a gym membership. You, people pay at the beginning of the year. It's like you know, you pay 30, 40, 50 bucks a month, they know you're not gonna use it every day. Correct, yeah, yeah, no, very much so. And so, so a lot of people, you know, sign up just like I did for that American Express card. You know, the front end of it was like how this card is gonna change your life and you're gonna get all these benefits. And then I fell into be one out of three Americans. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, that was like, eh, I don't want these points, I'm not gonna use them. This is just, I don't need more things to do. I don't right. need more tasks. I don't need to log in. I don't need to redeem points. Well, and like, you don't I'm need more things in general, right? Exactly. Well, that, that's, the, that's the whole macro thing that, you know, we just jump through it. But yeah, of course, I'm like sitting there. Exactly. I mean, it's just, yeah, yep. no, no yeah, question about it. I mean, yep. we can go on and on. There's so many different layers and levels and go. But yeah, I mean, do I really need more shit? Mm -hmm. You know, do I really need? And, and that's, we're just, going, we're talking about the nuts and bolts, not even like the whole idea of like, you know, there's so much more of like my perspective just in general of the over consumerism of America. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and this is just straight, again, so many studies, you know, corroborating this yeah. and all. But to me, I mean, the, the whole, if you think about, you know, anyone listening to this, like I, I just ask you, you may, a couple things. I mean, are either to anyone that's listening to this, you either have significant credit card debt where it's a real strain, yep. like massive strain, massive stress, um, embarrassment, isolation, loneliness. Um, it's, it's awful what having credit card debt can do to you from a psychological yep. perspective. And then obviously the implications further down the line from credit score, mm -hmm. having to delay you know, other events in your life, mm -hmm. whether that's getting married, buying a home, I mean, just all these things. So a percent of the people that are listening to this because 200 million people in the United States use credit cards, consumers, okay? Yep. So there's a bucket of people, no doubt they're gonna listen to this, that are in credit card debt and have their feelings about credit cards, okay? Then there's another percent of people, and there's can be some overlap here, of course, sure. that have a credit card and are listening to this and are going, yeah, I just want a simpler life and I'm not even using my credit card points or right. I'm kind of using them, but I just, I wanna cut shit out of my life. Like right. I'm trying to do, have less, I'm trying to have more time, right. you know? And that's a lot of people that have charity charge, you know, that I hear, they're just like, yeah, why wouldn't I just give it away? Like, I don't need more shit. Yeah. I want to help out. 
And I know that, you know, I can't take it all when I go to the grave. Yeah. And I just want to feel like every time I make a purchase, I'm giving back, I'm helping out. So that's another percent. Again, those people that are not using their credit card points and might have that mentality. The other side that I put out there, and this isn't a challenge, but it's just like, again, because I have such unique inside knowledge, just experience, whatever, but coming at it, like I wasn't a banker first. I was just someone that was trying to help out and like just had to learn about the industry and come yep. in really as an outsider and then yep. build a credit card company. The other side that I would just put out there is the reality of people that every they want to maximize every purchase that they make with their credit card rewards. Yep. They want to be the one when the bill comes to say, I'm going to put on my card because I want the points. They want to constantly find and source the best one. And yep. then they want to take photos when they're on their vacation yep. because they've gotten some amazing sure. trip or whatever. And it was all funded points and all of that. The reality is how connected we are with all of our fellow <laughs> presidential fellow Americans. No, you know, our fellow <laughs> citizens, everyone in our community. Because for everyone, the reason, again, when you get to the breakage, you get to the first part of the people that are earning, or rather that are in debt, they are paying massive interest rates, mm. okay? So the first people, oh, yeah, we talked about this they're, they're paying massive, massive yeah. interest rates, which feeds to massive profit for the credit card companies and the banks. Then the second one, the people that are apathetic are using a credit card but not redeeming the rewards. That goes right to the profit and all. So now we go to this third bucket of the people that are using the points. The reason that they're able to go on those is because the banks are able to afford and fund that based on the fact that all these other people are in debt and then all these other people aren't using the rewards. So am I saying you're a bad person if you maximize your credit card and you use the points and you spend responsibly? Not at all. Not at all. However, I have found that basically credit card companies aren't telling people this, right? The reality of you're able to go on that trip because someone else is paying 25% interest Mm -hmm. and is like in a really bad place. It's how I look at it. It's really fucked up. It's it's how I look at like um, foreclosure properties. Mm. I always see like, you know, oh, we got a great deal on this house, like this beautiful home because we got in foreclosure. I'm like, yeah. But somebody's like, like a family's probably like really down or lucky and having a terrible time in their life. And and I get that you're, you know, it, it's a beautiful home, right? It's, it's where you want to live. It's like, I'm starting a family now, but it's like, it sucks because the reason you have the opportunity to afford this home is because somebody else, you know, whether it's, we don't know if it's personal responsibility or if something health, a health related item happened in their family and now they have to pay medical bills and they can't pay their mortgage. That's how I kind of look at it is that like, you know, we don't, the ability to, for us as individuals to, to get ahead in the world, so to speak, right, is sometimes built on the back of people who, you know, are on their, they're maybe just having a really bad time in their life, right? Not that nobody's a bad person. They just, you don't know people's situations. So yeah, you can go on this trip on the Bahamas, right? Off of your points, which we do, right? Me and my wife do, we... We go out of our way to, to, to pay all our stuff on like credit cards because we use them, right? But then we also go out of our way to like use our charity charge card because it's the balance of we want to give back, but then we also want to take vacations sometimes, right? I think we're, we're both saying that that's you just that balance is what's needed. And when I first saw like charity charge and why I was, you know, very... I don't know, like just excited about it, right? It was, 
it was the ability to not change my lifestyle, right? And to still give back. Because I think everybody wants to do that, right? We want to give back, but we don't have the time, right? We want to give back, but we don't really have the money. Well, excuses are very limited now because now I can buy a coffee, buy groceries, and I can give back at the same time. It's very simplified. So that's why I really love it. You know, so I'm sorry, going on the <laughs> soapbox a little bit, but to play devil's advocate a little bit, right? We're talking about consumerism and how it can be detrimental, right? But for Charity Charge to exceed as a company, you need consumers, right? You need people to still buy stuff because that's how your company exists, right? <laughs> so we're not saying that consumerism is bad. I think it's just being educated on how you spend your money, what you spend your money on, right? You don't need to spend it on shit you don't need, right? But for the necessities, you're just saying, hey, for groceries, you know, these secondary, these necessary things, Netflix, right? <laughs> give back. It's an easy way to automate, autom- automatically give back. So that's, but there is some devil's advocate, right? That would say you still need people to spend money for your company to exist, right? Look, I always think it's the irony of, <laughs> of life. We see this, you know, <laughs> always throughout it. I think that when I think about what now we're, we're finally getting more of a platform with Charity Charge and our podcast and just having more infrastructure and candidly more experience as an entrepreneur and other yep. obviously amazing people on the Charity Charge team helping grow it, which is offloading me from having to be you know in the trenches as much. And mm-hmm. part of that's just me just growing up to get out of the trenches and let yep. people yep. do it do what they're best at. But um, we're, we're in the industry with the devil, <laughs> you know? I mean, we're just, I'm just trying to do something honest <laughs> and positive in the credit card industry, which again is a huge like fallacy and irony right yep. there. Yep. Um, so, but yes, I mean, I think very much so you got to meet people where they're at. I think that from a pure like intersection of the philanthropic industry and the credit card industry, the fundamental uniqueness about charity charge, which I think is, I'm going to just be out there, I think is pretty profound. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool about our concept is that the average individual gives to a nonprofit one to two times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, they give because there's a, an event. It's, hey, we're, we're yeah. doing this walk for cancer. It's October. Join the walk. It's $20. If you want to donate any extra, you know, invite your friends, do that. They give because they're on a board and there's an end-of-year board giving. They give because there's some sort of end-of-year fundraising drive mm-hmm. or, you know, there's a benefit concert or there's, you know, an ask is made of them by someone on the development team of the nonprofit. So, but, but people give... But they give very infrequently. Mm. And what I think is interesting is that nonprofits, a lot of times it's it's the terminology, and this is part of like what I would say to be open-minded to anybody that's in the nonprofit world. Nonprofits call their donors donors. They don't call them people. <laughs> they call them donors, right? Now, if you flip that to what people do all the time, anyone listening on this is we all got to buy stuff as part of life. Yep. Whether it's putting gas in the car, it's buying groceries, it's drinks out, it's buying a cup of coffee. I don't want to quote it because I'm going to be off, but I mean, pretty easily we could look up the statistics. I mean, the average purchase that a consumer in the United States makes, again, I might be way off, you'll follow my point. I think the average person makes like three to five debit or credit card purchases a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these are small ticket things, a pack of gum, sure. go, you know, and sometimes they're big, a ticket, trip, a dress, you know, whatever. So, and then we call those consumers, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense of like the credit card industry, we call them consumers. 
uh, you know, merchants, the stores, you know, call them customers. Yeah. So you have these like almost two competing sides where you have donors, which are really people, and you have consumers, which is more like the people. And so to me, Charity Charge is kind of like meeting the quote donor where they're at, which is mm-hmm. like, they're only going to give to your organization one to two times. It is unbelievably difficult and impossible to change consumer behavior. Yep. So why not just go where there's less friction? And that that's the charity charge, just bridging the two of those sides. Let's. This is the perfect time to get into what actually the product is, right, mm-hmm. and how it works. So you just talked about the average person maybe gives one to two times a year. I think the power of charity charge is we can give from both a consumer, individual, person side, the nonprofit side, we can give 365 days a year and not even know you're doing it, right? I think that's where the light bulb comes on for anybody interested, anybody listening, whether you're a nonprofit or you're a person, you can give 365 days a year and not even notice it, right? So from a nonprofit's perspective, those one to two times of donations, right? You can 300x that. Right. If a if a so tell so the, I'm gonna want to go in. You tell me how it works, right? Like charity charge. It's the simplest form of the consumer side. Correct. How so, does it work? So charity charge is a no annual fee, Mastercard credit card, issued by Commerce Bank, which is a top twenty issuer of consumer credit cards in the U.S. So the most basic way to explain it is, you know, a lot of people are familiar with a Southwest Visa credit card or a you know, American Airlines, MasterCard, yep. credit card. You use that credit card for your everyday purchases. It's accepted around the world, wherever Visa or MasterCard is. Every time you make a purchase, you're getting that good. Obviously, you're buying that cup of coffee, and then you're accumulating points that you can redeem. Mm-hmm. Again, if you have the Southwest Visa, or you have the American Airlines MasterCard, that you can redeem. Charity Charge, fundamentally same thing. So Charity Charge, again, is a MasterCard credit card. You can use it around the world. Every time you make a purchase, cash back, a 1% cash back that you earn automatically is routed to any nonprofit of your choice and you can support multiple nonprofits. If you go to charitycharge.com, you'll click consumer. The first thing you'll do is you'll search and find your nonprofit by name, or you could put in their EIN number. We proactively list every single nonprofit in the United States. So when your car from there, you know, you'll put in your basically, you know, kind of mm-hmm. first name, last name, you've picked your nonprofit, put in your email address, and then you'll proceed to, you know, a web-friendly mobile application sure. that is housed by issuing bank, Commerce Bank. Once approved or if approved, you'll get your card in the mail, and that card's already tagged to support the nonprofit that you had picked. Yep. You'll also at that point get access to your donation dashboard where you can add additional nonprofits. You can track your history, impact, get your tax receipt, other things like that. But again, getting back to the physicalness of this, now, you're, now you've got your card, so you've applied, you've gone to charitycharge.com, you've picked your nonprofit, you've applied, you've been approved, card comes in the mail. Anytime you make a purchase, 1% of every purchase accumulates and goes to the nonprofit of your choice. Getting back to what we talked about before, we have a no breakage model, right. which means that it's automatically going. We don't have gimmicks, gotchas, any of that bullshit like the rest mm-hmm. of the credit card industry where you gotta log in, you gotta redeem by this date or whatever. It's a no breakage model, mm-hmm. okay? Um, which is which is highly, highly unique, <laughs> um, but really reduces that friction. So as an individual, as a consumer, getting back to the reality of it is, now you got a charity charge in your wallet, it's already tagged to your nonprofit. Again, if you ever wanna log in and change it, 
add additional ones, you can, but fundamentally, it's like set it and forget it. So you got your nonprofit, you got your card, you buy your cup of coffee, boom, you're giving back. You go to fill up your gas tank, you're giving back. You, you know, take your family out to dinner later that night or buy some groceries, you're giving back. So it's just an always constant, effortless way to give back. A lot of the way that people like to do this actually, which has been interesting, um, a lot of our card holders really use it as their quote, like second card. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I mean by that is number one, this isn't an always thing. We can get into it or do something separate, but a lot of people will just, you know, have reoccurring purchases. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, Netflix, a gym membership, yep. electricity bill, cell phone bill, things of that sort, which by the way, you're now, because it's on the world tier, you get, um, I believe it's free mobile phone insurance, mm-hmm. which is just, there's some additional perks of being on the, on an on this better MasterCard world yep. tier. Anyway, a lot of times people get charity charged, they pick their nonprofit, they put all their reoccurring purchases, and then they know, hey, you know, once a month as these reoccurring purchases are automatically pay- paid, we have the card on file. Obviously, wait, because it's a credit card, you're protected against any fraudulent unauthorized purchases. You know, so way, way more secure than, than if you, if anyone listening has their debit card on file anywhere, please, please do not do that. <laughs> but uh, just an easy way to get back, and a lot of people like to do, put it for their yep. reoccurring purchases and then use their other credit card for they're more like one-off or kind of day-to-day yep. purchases. Um, and then kind of in your mind, you know, hey, I've got one card on file for all these reoccurring. If something gets hacked over there, which happens inevitably, like Netflix, you know, so, hey, we've been yep. compromised, update your credit card, whatever. It's just a way to segment and then keep your just purchases, you know, organized. You know, a lot of people maybe once a week, once a month, try to like do an audit, review their statements and stuff. Just helps not mess everything up. But at the end of the day, it's just it's a credit card where the cash back goes to the charity of your choice. Yeah, it's simplified. It's it's, it's that's it. I mean, I just made it even longer there, man. It's like every purchase you make gives back at no cost to you. There's no annual fee, and the interest rates below the national average, and we're paid. Look, how do we make money? A lot of people want to know yep. for sure. Let's yep. be transparent about it. That's 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 yep. what charity charge is all about. Um, we are paid effectively behind the scenes by our bank partner and Mastercard. Their business objective is growing payment volume. Mm-hmm. And there's interchange fees that drive the entire credit card industry period. So we are paid and and incentivized. Now we're set up as a public benefit corporation. So like theoretically, not even theoretically, literally every dollar that's spent on charity charge generates funding for us, which allows us to further grow our mission to serve nonprofits. And we can get into that. But we underwrite the donation processing fees. So the nonprofit gets 100% of what you spend. Yep. So as you as an individual, okay, no fee to you, interest rates below the national average, but please, I tell you, I don't, I don't want anyone signing up for a charity charge if their intention is to carry a balance. Mm-hmm. Also, let me just say that, but interest rates below the national average, no annual fee, no cost to you as an individual. Then the cash back, 100% of what you earn, 1%, no breakage goes to the nonprofit, charity charge underwrites the donation processing fees. So absolutely no cost to the nonprofit either. Pretty impressive. And 1% for the planet company, correct? That's correct. Um, You know, kind of getting back to some of my personal passions. So a few other things that we do, which we really need to update the website and everything about this, but (laughs) we're a member of 1% for the planet. So 1% of our revenues goes um, to support them, which helps um, many, many, many environmental initiatives across the country. Um, we also granted um, some equity to um, Entrepreneurs Foundation, mm-hmm. which is based in Austin, which which um, 
it, basically, in a long, long story short, is tied into where I originally worked, University of yep. Texas, and helps helps basically fund um, a lot of nonprofits and, and initiatives there. And it was just yeah. a good tie-in, and they were always good to me. And I just thought, you know, I wanted to some way help benefit um, the University of Texas, so I kind of selected them. Um, ultimately, they'll be the recipient, you know, down the line. Um, we've also been a member of the uh, AIBA, which is the Austin Independent Business Alliance, um, which I think it's really important to support, you know, wh- where you are, the local community. We're also a member of, um, in Austin, YMPN, Young Nonprofit Professionals mm. Network. Would love to, you know, get more engaged with them. And uh, trying to think of some other stuff. <laughs> one off, but, you know, I think that kind of covers it for now. The So the consumer card is one thing, and that's sort of... That was the initial product that came out. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, your baby, so to speak, right? I mean, that was what drives everything else now that's going on. And I think it was what June or July, maybe the nonprofit. June. June. Yeah, this June, June twenty nineteen. The nonprofit business card came out. So that's the second product in 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 the line of charity charts. Can you explain exactly what that is? For any nonprofit that's that's listening, or anybody that's listening that knows a nonprofit, can you kind of explain what the yes the industry as a whole for nonprofits and how they pay for stuff, right? But like, what does the nonprofit card do exactly, and how is it beneficial? I'm gonna make a really grand statement, <laughs> um, and you do your homework if you don't trust me or believe it. But this this is all backed up. What we have developed for nonprofits to use as their business credit card, which, which, and I'll, and I'll even give a backstory to do it all. Is so, so in the process of having this consumer card, mm-hmm. naturally, as individuals were using this card, and some of them, by the way, were board members or even employees of the nonprofit were using it for their personal purchases to fund the nonprofit. I kept hearing from executive directors or CFOs of nonprofits that said, Stephen, this is great that you have this personal card that can fund us. Cool, we'd like any passive reoccurring revenue, that's great. But what about for our organization? I'm like, well, what do you mean, what about for your organization? They go, well, look, we're just using this debit card and we know that it's really risky because you know all those funds are connected to our checking account and we only have one or two debit cards, but we got 10 employees and they gotta share the debit card. And, and, And wouldn't it be so cool to use a credit card and get rewards for our nonprofit? Or they'd say, you know, look, we've got this card, but we're the personal business credit card for a nonprofit from our local bank or mm-hmm. national bank, mm-hmm. but we're personally guaranteeing it. It's affecting my personal credit. Right. Or, you know, I have this American Express card and I'm paying these annual per card fees. And I feel like it doesn't seem right that they're, that I get all these discounts from like Salesforce or uh, hosting platforms and you know, all these like free, you know, all these companies have free services and yep. products for nonprofits. Why is American Express charging me? these annual per card fees, just like they do to businesses. So what we realized really are all of the, I would say basically the the uh, atrocities of the credit card industry for nonprofits mm-hmm. with respect to what they're using. So there are massive, massive pain points. And effectively from a product perspective after hearing that, basically I said, you know, look, We've now got to create a business credit card for nonprofits. We created one for individuals mm-hmm. where their cash back goes to the charity of choice. But these nonprofits need a solution to spend. So we created uh, the first of its kind business credit card for nonprofits. Um, functions very similar to the consumer where every time a nonprofit makes a purchase, they're automatically earning cash back to fund their organization. But the real uniqueness is that we charge no annual fees. There's no cost at all to the nonprofit. And 
we do not require a personal guarantor. That means that no one at the nonprofit organization is personally liable. There's no personal credit checks. So not only is that better from a risk perspective, but it's also better from a time-saving perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. One of our clients, Junior League of Boston, they use the charity charge yep. with the business credit card. Well, what was their pain point prior to it? Well, they had a credit card from a local bank that did require the executive director to be a personal guarantor. But they, like a lot of nonprofits, have rotating boards. Yep. You know, they have a rotating secretary, rotating treasurer, and they do that annually. Some nonprofits, you know, it's every two years, every three years, right. but, they're, but they're, they're like a lot of nonprofits do it annually. Every year they had to go down, they had to gather up all their you know, busy board members, they had to take them down to the local bank, <laughs> they had to show up in person, show right. their ID, they had to sign new people on the application, remove old people on the application, reissue cards. I mean, it was just a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, so when a nonprofit with our product doesn't have the personal guarantor, we're able to add um, multiple authorized users to the account. You can add and remove cardholders with ease. The reason I point this out is like the practicality of it's both great if you're a nonprofit. There's no reason that you should be the personal guarantor mm-hmm. of a business credit card for you know all of the risk that it's going to create for that CFO if they're the personal guarantor of a business credit card for your nonprofit. Again, which is like 99% of the bank. So mm-hmm. I'm going to name names because it's just the facts. But American Express, City, Chase, Capital One, Bank of America, BB&T, BBVA, Wells Fargo, and the smattering of literally thousands of local regional banks across the country very typically require a nonprofit to personally guarantee a business credit card when they open it. And for anyone just like connect the dots or in a more like just tangible manner, again, you know, if you go on Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, City Capital One, or you walk in any of those branches, or you go to your local bank, I'm not singling out any of them, I'm just saying this is the industry, it's just the facts. Banks make products for individuals. So again, you can get a personal credit card, you can get a personal home loan, you can get an auto loan, checking mm-hmm. account, savings account, debit card. They make products for businesses. If you're a business, you can get a business credit card, you can get a business checking account, you can get a business line of credit. They don't make products and services for nonprofits. So walk into Wells Fargo and say, hey, I see you have personal cards and you have business cards. Um, where's your nonprofit card? You know, mm-hmm. go on American Express's website and look for that. You know, you just don't. And the industry never bothered to really understand. And I'll even take a step back because I, even though it's coming out, a lot of it's kind of my passion, but I'm also joking a little bit, like when I'm on my soapbox. I just think that fundamentally, like a lot of times industries and things are just, are what they are in the way that they are because they are. Like, sure, you know, for a little bit of like a tongue twister or something there. What I mean by that is, Status quo is like inertia. So for for years and years and years, up until us creating this first credit card for nonprofits, this nonprofit business credit card, the status quo was like a nonprofit got incorporated. They went to any of these big banks or they went to the regional banks. They opened them up a business checking account. If they said right. they need a credit card, they said, oh, well, you, we do have a business credit card for businesses. You are a nonprofit. I mean, they wouldn't say it that way, but that's sure. like, it's like, yeah. well, you're a nonprofit. Okay, you need a business credit card. Okay, well, we do do business credit cards. Well, how do we do business credit cards? Well, we require a personal guarantor, which makes sense. There's owners, there are shareholders of a business. Mm-hmm. And the legal definition of a for profit company is to maximize profits for shareholders. If you think about the fundamental, just legal, most basic structure, a nonprofit does not have owners. If you also think about it, a nonprofit is 
the, the one of the number one most basic like fundamentals of operating in a nonprofit from a fiduciary standpoint and is it's all about you know best practices around financial controls mm-hmm. so a number one you know most basic element of you know accounting or best practices if you're operating in a nonprofit this is for anyone running a nonprofit working in a nonprofit or a board member if you don't know this is to not commingle personal and business mm-hmm. okay and so right there if you're a nonprofit and you're personally guaranteeing a card right there you are in violation of that very statement so it's just like so absurd but again the traditional industry candidly not knowing any better yeah um there are plenty of examples obviously of banks and i'll i can go into that of like taking advantage of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt for a second which okay. is which is actually reasonable <clears throat> sure it's just that they never stop to really understand the difference between a nonprofit and a business right there are a lot of similarities on like they have employees, they have payroll, yeah. they need office space, you know, all that. Sure. But boy, are they woefully different when you look at it from a pure like tax and just, you know, financial, you know, from the legal structure. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. So so anyway, with uh, with the business credit card for nonprofits, you know, no personal guarantor, no annual fee, they get automatic cash back, and then they get a dedicated customer service. Um, person at Charity Charge, account manager, if they have any questions. You know, so many of the nonprofits that are now working with us, you know, previously couldn't do any sort of online banking. They never had a dedicated person. So anytime they might've had an issue or there was fraud or a question about how to use their account, pay their bill, et cetera, you know, they're getting bounced around a phone tree. We don't, we don't do that at Charity Charge. They can, call, they can call you directly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call me directly, 410-302-8803. I answer the phone. So we'll get into that. That's the side thing. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, especially at, at this stage, I mean, I think being as close to, I want to, you know, I'm trying to do the unscalable, which is yeah, which is be as close as possible to all of our cardholders and nonprofits because that's the joy of it for me. And, and it's the level of, you know, service and commitment and value that I want to that I want to bring them. I mean, I, and I think about operating this as a small business owner's mentality, which, uh, you know, even as we scale, I want to continue to keep those, those values and that mindset there. Um, I think that, you know, one of the most fundamental things, this is something that, you know, I heard like time and time again from, uh, actually Tony Robbins, he talks about like running a business and all that. And he, you know, basically says like, you know, your job, if you're running a business is to provide more value to your customers than anyone else could possibly ever imagine doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm trying to drive Charity Charge and my level of commitment is to be the number one credit card for nonprofits and provide more value to them than anyone else or any other company would ever possibly imagine doing. That's that's a lot of like, you know, why I'm up here in Kansas City um, as we're, you know, embarking on a lot of growth, just trying to figure out how we maintain that level. It's how as we, you know, continue to ideate and figure out different things. We're talking about like the partners program, things of that sort. How do we just provide so much value to these nonprofits mm-hmm. so they could never, ever. Right. Pop, it's just like, it's just cool to like think about it that way. And it's, right. it's a high bar, but it's like, it's the standard that I want to set. When you keep striving for <laughs> when you take a a step back and look at the last like five years right just from like a personal perspective and <clears throat> entrepreneurial perspective of where you've come from right from 
a personal journey over the last five years to an entrepreneurial journey, what has that maturity been like? And, and what have been some of the big lessons that other people can can take away from, right, or learn from? Because that's a long time to have a business, right? I mean, what it's like 80% of businesses fail after two years or something like that. I mean, it's, it's a very quick turnaround of a business starting and not being anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're already kind of, there's some longevity to, to the company, right? And mm-hmm. to obviously where you want to be in a decade, right? So what have those, those lessons been over, over that time span? We can pause it. I know. I appreciate that you, you asked it. It's funny because I actually was doing a lot of reflecting on this and I have a little bit of a, a list I might be able to find here, but I'll tell you what I know really to be number one um, to me is to be 100% authentic and open. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things, by the way, that I'm saying are like the ideals and the standards. Do we always achieve them? We don't. But right. I have now just, and more so lately, like just gotten so much joy about just being completely like who I am. Mm -hmm. Because when you're not, when you're not authentic with yourself, you're not authentic with others. And it just creates a lot of stress, like in your life, you know, you want to approach the world and whoever, you know, who you are inside and like your thoughts, you want to express that a hundred percent.